Air Force veteran Sean Douglas is a TEDx speaker, master resilience implementer, and suicide awareness trainer, business positioning strategist, international radio show host of Life Transformation Radio, a suicide survivor, and author. Coming up next, I'm Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal. Navy Federal has a mission to put your members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. It's open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. All right, Sean Douglas from the Success Corps, welcome to the show. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. You're doing all sorts of cool stuff. Before we get to talking about business and entrepreneurship, take us back and tell us what you did in the Air Force. Uh, I started out in 2001 as a tactical aircraft maintenance specialist in the Air Force. I was an F-15 crew chief, and I did that until 2006, until I uh, went to depot and I worked uh, F-16s, A-10s, and F-22s, and worked that for a couple years, then was a drill instructor for four years, and then uh, left that and made rank and went back to the flight line and did expediting for a while and basically did the the, the flight line thing uh you know for the rest of my career awesome hey i have to ask wh- where's the depot for f-16s 15s and 22s hill air force base utah oh really wow okay yeah i didn't know that 16s yeah. 10s 22s 35s yeah N- naval aviation has depots all over, all over the place, even like in foreign countries and stuff too. So I was just curious. Oh, wow. I never heard that. Okay, cool. Well, talk a little bit about um, what your transition out of the Air Force was like. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, TAPS is is not good. It's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard anybody go, man, I'm so well prepared. <laughs> I, I couldn't even do anything else. Oh, I'm, I'm so prepared. You know, and I don't know if, if it's, if I don't know why it's like that. Uh, but you, I don't know, you missed the brotherhood, right? Yeah. Um, the guaranteed paycheck is gone. So prior to getting out, uh, it's good to plan ahead. Um, you know, so my wife and I had like literally sat down. was like, where are we living? (laughs) Like, 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 do we stay where we are or do we go to utah where she's from where i met her or do we go to san antonio uh until you know i don't know we decide that san antonio is not for us um we have a lot of great friends when i was down there as a as a drill instructor we have a lot of great friends down there they're all you know they're always like when are you coming back you gotta come visit you gotta come live down here like when are you coming back so we knew we had two great. Play- I'm not. I, I'm not going to live in Michigan. That, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't that's where you. I'm from. 
Yeah, that's it's too cold, and uh, you know it, it says something about your about the city that you're from when the mayor goes to prison for embezzlement and bribery and, and money laundering. And <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, wow. it's good stuff. That happened like four years ago. So I'm like, nope, not going to Michigan. Definitely not happening. So you know, we decided, you know, basically on Utah and uh, and um, Texas. So basically, we're staying put, you know, in North Carolina until the kids are done with school, and then you know, go from there. Because I don't, I don't know. You don't want to rip them out of school. You know what I mean? Yeah, they get that. They that, get that, that happens enough as it is. Um, right. Even when you can't help it. So. Are, are you are you mostly focusing on um, doing things on your own entrepreneurial wise, or are you looking to yes. get a job? Oh hell no! <laughs> no 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 no! I'm not even employable. I always ask people that you know people that actually made it in entrepreneurship, or they they're just on the cusp of making it in entrepreneurship. I always ask them, are you unemployable? Yeah, and most people understand what I'm talking about. So I've built four businesses while serving in the military. While you were still in, I sold to. While I was still in, I built four successful businesses. Awesome. My first, my first business, um, crested six hundred and fifty k, earned nice. income. So, it was. I mean, it was so close to a million. Um, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know why people say that. Well, you didn't earn a million dollars in your in your entrepreneurial company, whatever business, whatever. You didn't earn a million dollars. You weren't successful. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how is the standard $1 million? People are comfortable on a $400,000 a year uh, income. Right. You know? But uh, but that led me to all sorts of things. I mean, having an entertainment company where you produce weddings and conferences and summits and DJ bars and clubs and everything. I mean, I, I developed an alcohol problem. <laughs> so... So I got bought out of that company. That was uh, that was ugly. That led to suicide and wife leaving and kids and all that stuff and almost losing my career. Wow. But uh, but the second one that we started uh, was a antique and collectible store, and we bought storage units at auction. That was awesome. Really? Have you guys ever been that, on Storage Wars? We were uh, <laughs> Are one you time. I'm dead serious. One time it was Storage Wars, Texas. One time for about twenty seconds, and I got into a bidding war with one of the guys, and uh, and, and I was being a smart Alec, and I was just bidding him up, just being stupid, and he's all talking smack, and then I and then I dropped the hammer. Um, it was like five hundred. He's like six hundred. I'm like eight hundred. He's like nine hundred. I'm like fifteen hundred. He's like fifteen fifty. I'm like. You take it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so they got me doing that, and then I was like, "Yeah, dumped it on him," you know, like trying to be a smart aleck. You know, so then you weren't allowed on the show ever again. And then, yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, nope. no. So, uh, but it, you know, it got a little bit bit of me, you know, doing uh, doing all that uh, for about twenty seconds. So everybody, everybody used to see me go, "Yup," like Dave. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was pretty funny, but that was, that was awesome. I mean, that was, I, you know, I still this year, even I still got, and this was, this was 10 years ago. Uh, uh, I still get phone calls from people. Hey, uh, is vintage dreams, uh, open, uh, I was trying to find you. I'm like, no, I don't have a Google list. I don't have it. My business cards just float around Texas huh. still. Yeah. Still. So it's pretty crazy. 
Uh, but you know, we, we sold that. We sold actually the whole store and its contents, um, you know, for, for six figures. So that was pretty cool. Uh, but was earning six figures anyways, but I just, I needed to close because we were moving from Texas to North Carolina. Right. And, um, it's not portable. Right. So in, uh, you know, in 2016, I said, okay, this is it time to get serious. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the security blanket's going to be ripped out. You know what I mean? It's going to be ripped out from under me. So started, started the success core and I really hit on business positioning. That's where most people fail. You know, people think that, you know, if you don't have capital, you're going to fail. If you don't have VCs or angel investors, you're going to fail. If you don't have infrastructure, you're going to fail. If you don't have this or that or whatever, all of that are symptoms of you not positioning yourself correctly. If you position yourself correctly, then you will not fail as a business owner unless you absolutely ridiculously are horrible and you suck at entrepreneurship or running a business or yeah. being a leader. But that's internal stuff. That's That has nothing to do with your business. That's just you as a person. So I, I really hit on positioning. And uh, and so started that and then started my fourth one, which is a affirmation and empowerment clothing line called LYB Clothing Inc. So now I have two and I sold two. <laughs> LYB Clothing Inc. Okay, so let's go back and talk about positioning. What is what is positioning your business? Positioning your business means that this is how the marketplace receives you and perceives you as a business and as a brand. And most people starting a business don't even think about that. Nope. Most people start start company and they start product. I've got, uh, let's say I've got a podcast and I'm going to make money from my podcast and my podcast is called this and I'm going to make money from it. Yeah. That's what they do. They don't position their podcast. They don't get into it like, well, I'll monetize this way or I'll do things this way. Or let's take the clothing line. I start a clothing line. I'm going to sell, I'm going to sell shirts and this is what they're going to say on them. And it's going to be called this boom business, but there's no infrastructure. Like how do you ship everything? How do you pay for everything? Do you make it yourself? Yeah. Do you get people to make it for you? Uh, how do you sell it? Do you sell it on a website? Do you sell it on Shopify? Like how do you like there's, there's, business infrastructure that needs to be set. You can't just say, I'm going to do this. And then this is what it's going to be called. Most people, when they have a business, have a service, let's say it's speaking. I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to get booked to speak everywhere. And then it's going to be called my name or it's going to be called the success core. But that's it. Like they didn't do anything else. So they wonder why their, why their website's up, but they're not getting emails blowing the doors off their business for people to work with them. You know, they're not getting phone calls everywhere. Like I need you to come speak and I need you to come do this. And they're not getting the referrals from people referring their business to somebody or referring them to be on a, be on a podcast or they're not like, this isn't happening for them because they're not positioned to do it. So can you have any examples of companies before positioning where they thought it through and after some proper positioning and doing the right things. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, so I was working with a with a person who was a marketing uh, person. One of my clients, they was a marketer, 
and they wanted to teach other people marketing. I said, okay, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? Are you going to do through Zoom? Are you going to do through, you know, whatever? And they said, well, right now what I'm doing is I'm just on social media telling people that I have this awesome online course and I have uh, like an in-person seminar that I do. I'm like, what's the most amount of people that's ever showed up to your seminar? They're like 17. I'm like, okay. So you're a marketer who is trying to market an event, but only 17 people are showing up. Uh, <laughs> are you doing Facebook ads? Like, what are you doing? Like, well, yeah, a couple. Like, okay. So what we did was we positioned them as what kind of marketing? Because most people are like, I'm a marketer. Yeah. So let's get let's get super niched. What kind of marketer? So we decided on the type of marketing, whether it be direct marketing, um, you know, marketing on a podcast, um, relationship marketing, network marketing. What kind of marketing are you going to be doing? So we went for direct marketing. And then inside the direct marketing, we created products or or free downloads to get them into the ecosystem to build the email list. So there was the journey. We built a customer journey. Most people don't even build a customer journey. Mm-hmm. Like, how are they going to get a hold of you? Well, they're just going to go to my website. And then once they're on the website, they're just going to send me an email because, you know, <laughs> because I'm so awesome. Uh, no. No, what is your customer journey? You got to make it super simple for them. So we laid out the customer journey. Once you laid out the customer journey, then we said, well, how are you going to fill your event? Can't keep doing the same thing because 17 people is not going to make it. So what do you do? Now we need advertising. You're good at marketing. Now we need advertising. So come up with copyright and use the medium. So, you know, there's a, there's a great advertising platform called PR.com. Most people don't even know it exists. PR.com is where you write a press release and send it through PR.com. If you do it for free, it'll only be on the PR.com website and maybe like one other place. If you pay like $100, then it goes to a couple news media outlets and websites and different places that are pretty much local to you. If you pay the maximum, which is 300 then it goes everywhere. So when I started my um, my clothing line, I took out the press release, put it 300 and news media outlets in Guam picked it up. And I got oh. sales from everywhere. Guam, uh, California, Washington, all the way to New York, uh, people in Canada. I mean, it was everywhere. Wow, it was everywhere. Cool. Yeah. So PR.com, that's 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 what we use. I said, this is how you, you advertise. Because there's a very big difference between marketing, advertising, and selling. Most people sell. They don't market. They're mm-hmm. just selling. And most people will not buy from somebody who is constantly selling because you haven't given them any value. You haven't given them any reason, you know? So I said, you need to do marketing this way. You need to create your customer journey this way. And then you need to advertise. So get on podcasts, get on uh, social media, start doing lives, um, you know, and position yourself as the expert in the category that you're going to create. And that's what we did. We had to create the positioning for them. They had no value proposition statement. You know, I work with who to do what so that they, and then what's the result? I think of it as writing an EPR bullet in the military. Mm. Action, impact, result. What is it that you do? I work. The impact, create this. And what's the result of creating this? So that they what? 
And that's how I write my value proposition statements. They didn't even have that. So you have to have a value proposition statement or what they call a positioning statement. And then once you have that, that is your guidance to go onto social media and talk about whatever it is you're going to talk about. Most people go on there and they talk about parenting and marriage and relationships and cars and business and podcast. And they talk about like 15 different things. You can't be known for 15 different things. You have to be known for one thing. Mm -hmm. What is the one, one thing that you are known for? And that's what you need to be known for. And that's what you need to talk about. Once you are known for that one thing, then you can start introducing other stuff. Absolutely. Well, hey, Sean, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Within a few months when I first joined the Marine Corps, I became a Navy Federal member. That was over 29 years ago, and I still have the same account after 29 years. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. A credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industry's. Member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and perks. Access to over 300 branches and thousands of fee-free ATMs. They also have 24-7 live support through their U.S.-based call center. Navy Federal is open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. At Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. That's NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more info. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. All right, we're back with Air Force veteran Sean Douglas with the Success Corps. Sean, before the break, man, you're on a roll about positioning. Let's continue to talk about <laughs> positioning. And, you know, you're really the first person I've heard kind of put it this way, to be honest with you. But it's so true. Yeah. Most most people jump into a business and worry about the mechanics and a product and all internal workings, and they don't they don't they don't ever put any emphasis on what people from the outside looking at their business see, and that's kind of what positioning right. what we're talking about with positioning. So, um, you were talking about the marketer um, who says, "I'm a marketer," and you you're walking them through this this process. Um, do you have do you have another example of another kind of business that um, just wasn't looking at positioning? Well, it's it, it's most people. <laughs> it's every business. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it. If you look at some of the great businesses, let, let's let's take some business. Let's take Uber. Uber positioned themselves the best in the last probably decade. And the and the way that they positioned themselves wasn't just on demand ride share. I mean, that's. I mean, what's the difference between an Uber and and calling a taxi. You know, people think that we just hailed taxis on the side of the road. You can actually call the company and be like, hey, I need a taxi to take me to the airport. Mm -hmm. The taxi will show up at this time. It's still on demand, but how were they positioned? They were positioned in a way that that sparked interest in people who needed a job, but not a job but their own business. It's it's almost like the ultimate MLM. <laughs> Literally, Uber is like the ultimate MLM where Uber doesn't own a car. They own no vehicles. Yeah, They have 
no infrastructure except for an app and a building of software technicians. But they're positioned, and, and Lyft will never beat them. I don't care what anybody says. Lyft will never beat Uber, even when the CEO got canned for being, uh, uh, what did he said something disparaging about women or something like that, or he's uh, a womanizer or something like that. But anyway, he got pushed out of yeah. the company like, I don't know, a year or two ago. But even then, Uber, I know people who drive for both. But what was what was they positioned to do? Like how how were they to take over and destroy and disrupt an entire transportation industry? It's because they recruited people for Uber to drive for Uber to earn money. Like they built a business and then franchised it. Basically, what they did. Mm-hmm. But it was an on demand with an app, and you could actually earn money from them. So you weren't getting a paycheck from like a taxi company or however they're structured. They were just, they highlighted how they were different. Yeah. If you look at, if you look at, you know, they always talk about Netflix and Blockbuster. Blockbuster could have bought Netflix. And there's all kinds of streaming services. There's Roku, Hulu. I mean, there's a bunch, but what does everybody do? Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because Netflix was positioned differently. We're not just, I mean, at first they were mail your DVDs in, you know, we'll mail you some and then mail them back, which was super. I mean, I don't know if anybody like kept them, but that was like, <laughs> I remember I don't know. doing that. Yeah. Back in the early days, it was right? a little clunky, like that, but right. Yeah. It was less clunky than going to Blockbuster. Absolutely. Do you know that, that Disney plus is a Disney specific streaming service. You cannot get anything Disney anywhere else except for Disney Plus, which I think is super smart. Because Disney totally and Pixar, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Disney and Pixar are kind of in cahoots, kind of in the same thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Not 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 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure. So if you want to watch anything Disney, you have to have the streaming service. Which I think is super smart because really? now it's Star Wars and Disney and Fox are, are are joined together, so that's like anything Simpsons and Family Guy and Star Wars and uh, Disney movies and everything. So if you look at what's happening now, you can literally watch the positioning take place. Disney said, "Why does everybody else have our content? Let's just create our own." Because they have the Disney movies that come in the mail. So you have the the Disney brochure that comes in the mail. Buy X amount of movies and this, that, and whatever. Or let's have a streaming service because this is how most people consume their, their movies and TV now is through Netflix. I know people who don't even have a cable company. They just have Netflix. They just pay for the Netflix. Oh, yeah. And T-Mobile will give you free Netflix. I, I think they still do. But they have a military plan where you can get free Netflix, as they did a year ago, where you sign up for yeah, the military plan, it. it's 50% off your bill, and then you have free Netflix. Like, how freaking ridiculous is that? The the, the phone company... And position- when you're streaming Netflix on T-Mobile, it doesn't go against your data usage. Correct. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. I so think T-Mobile Netflix raised their price by a dollar. Yep. So instead of being free... Like now you have to pay a dollar or two for the Netflix or whatever, but yeah, it's still yeah something like that. But but T-Mobile even positioned themselves as the military friendly service. 
there's a lot of people that have T-Mobile that are military because yeah. of the half-off military and free Netflix. So they bundled something together to make them, uh, to make them worthy, right, worthwhile right. of having. So you go back to what Disney Plus is doing, and Disney Plus is is buying up a lot of Disney's buying a lot of of TV shows, uh, you know, industry related stuff. You have to have Disney Plus in order to get these these shows and these movies, which I think is super smart. Because now they're going to rival Netflix. Now, Netflix is never going to go away, and Disney Plus isn't going to beat Netflix, but they're going to be two different entities operating on the same parallel, which, again, is super smart because they're different. Netflix has original programming. They have their original shows, which which is great. They have their own movies you'll never see in theaters. They just Netflix has their own studio. Mm-hmm. But then you've got Disney, who is a household name. If I don't want to watch a Disney movie, if I want to watch you know shows, whatever, I have to also have this service. So they kind of complement each other. That's positioning. You're not competing against anybody. You're saying, this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. And this is how I want the marketplace to receive me. Yeah. Yeah. That's when, when Disney Plus came out, they weren't they weren't touting that they were going to take over Netflix or push Netflix out. It was just they were fulfilling a niche. And there's plenty of room yep. in that space, in that streaming space, for Disney to have their own chunk of it and it probably probably really didn't even it doesn't even affect netflix that much it might in fact it might even help netflix yep yeah because it, it gave way to more room more more opportunity rising tide yeah. floats all boats yeah so 100 um so w- with your business um so how does somebody has somebody get a hold of you or uh, if they want to check out what you're doing or maybe even get involved with you, hire you, whatever. How do we, how does somebody find you? Yeah. So my website is the success core, C O R P S like Marine Corps, the success com. That's the website. You can go through the, uh, go to the bottom of the page and there's a contact, uh, form there, or you can just email me at Sean S E A N Sean at the success com. Send me an email and I'm on every social media platform, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. I'm everywhere. Send me a message, connect with me, and uh, and mention this show. That's awesome. And let's talk. Well, hey, um, I, I want to talk. I want to give you a chance to talk about veteran entrepreneurship. So having started and finished, started four businesses while you're still in the military, can you talk a little bit? about what that experience was like, um, how to balance it with the military, yep. how to not piss off the CO, um, <laughs> how to walk that tightrope of, oh, of yeah. still be, you know, being an entrepreneur. Cause it's okay. It's okay to go get an evening weekend job when you're in the military. Sure. But for some reason there's that perception of, well, you're not allowed to be running your own business. Cause that means you're thinking about other things besides your military job. Yeah. That got said to me once. We also, <laughs> We also talked about like pay raises, and they're like, we want to have a self-reflection moment. Like, oh, this should be interesting. <laughs> Here's the thing. I'm not a real egotistical guy. I, I'm, just, I'm just not. But when you're Myers-Briggs certified, and you're a master resilience trainer and suicide awareness trainer for the military, and you're four lenses certified, and you're DISC certified, all you do is analyze people, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So, so, and I don't even tell anybody this. I literally don't tell them this. And, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm kind of that guy who gives people enough rope just to hang themselves, you know, and, and put their foot in their mouth. Cause, uh, there's been a couple times where people were like, like, I don't know, like a couple years, like two years ago, um, almost like three years ago. Uh, one of the guys, they said, um, the guys working for, he said, well, how do you have time for the military? I'm like, well, I'm at work, aren't I? Like. I, I pay for stuff. So number one rule of success is to schedule everything. I recommend that people in their job create a business that they want to create, pay to have people do things for you, like like freelancers or employees, mm-hmm. build, grow, and scale while you're in a job. And then when this entrepreneurial or this business venture starts supplementing your income or making more than your actual yearly income that is when you quit your job or if you don't want to quit your job then run then run it have you know hire a hire a vp like have him run the business while you're at the job like you're still the ceo like it's doable number one rule of success is to schedule everything schedule everything that's awesome that is like that that that's it. Like schedule everything. So when I'm not in the military, I'm doing other things. When I was in the military on the job, I would not be doing the, the business stuff because I had people running it. You know, yeah. it, this happened every time. Um, so like I would, so like on my lunch break, I would go do like a storage auction and then I'd call my movers and go, Hey, I just bought two units. They're at this address. Um, you know, the front desk has the key. They would go, they would unload the unit, take it to the store, unload it at the store. And when I got off of, you know, off duty, I would go to the store and I would start going through things and start pricing and, you know, whatever. So I still got six, seven hours you know, of sleep. Sometimes on the weekends I get like eight. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like I was getting three hours of sleep and it wasn't like my family life was suffering and like you just schedule everything. And if you don't have the time, then you have money and you, you outsource it and you you make other people do it. Yeah. I mean, brilliant. employees. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Most people don't, most entrepreneurs think for some odd reason you need to do it all yourself because you're the entrepreneur. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. I fell into that trap myself too early on where I thought, well, at least in the beginning, I got to figure it out myself so I can turn it over to someone else. And that wor- that's okay with some things, but yeah. now I realize, you know what? I, I don't have time to learn something new. I'm just going to find somebody that already that I think already knows what they, what needs to be done, and I'm going to make them right. do it. And, well, let's take podcasting. Yeah. Let's take podcasting. You record a show, you give it to somebody who edits it and mm-hmm. makes it a podcast, and then they upload it to the to the podcatchers. All you have to do is record. Yeah. And you know nobody nobody can stuff. nobody can be my voice or my personality, so that's the one thing that can't really be done by someone else. But yep. literally, like everything else with the podcast now is done by somebody Correct. else. And yep. in, in the beginning, Correct. I did it. I did it all, Ugh. which is which is okay. I didn't know any better, you know. So I, I I fell into that trap, and I didn't have I didn't have I didn't really I didn't know how much money it would cost to have someone else do that stuff for me. I used to do all my own editing, all the social media, everything. And now the only thing wow. I'm really doing, doing, really doing is recording what we're doing right here, which is the fun part. Wow. <laughs> so, so when I started my show, Life Transformation Radio, which I'd love to have you on as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I was, again, positioning. 
I always think positioning first. How can I position my show? Right. So I said, I, this is what I want the show to be. I want them to go through a transformation. I want them to, to literally talk about the, the, the transformation that they've gone through, whatever the moment in life is where you were one way and now you're the opposite yeah. or you went through a hard, hard moment and he came out the other side. Like, how did you, how did you get through that moment? How did you grow from it? Right. But anyway, it's about that transformative moment. I said, well, if I have the show, like there's a lot of people that talk about that, you know, how can I make it different? So I use blog talk radio mm-hmm. and my show is a live online radio show. That's repurposed in a podcast. I don't edit a thing. Nothing's edited. Whatever we talk about on the show live on air is what is recorded and then sent to the podcatchers the same day. So you don't have to wait months and months to get a, to get an episode mm-hmm. literally and I have a phone number that people can call in and talk to the guest on the show live and all of it's recorded and all of it is on the show and all of it is uploaded to the podcatcher. There's zero editing. Yeah, that's cool. I know several people that have shows on blog talk radio and I've heard great things about it and I've seen them at conferences and stuff. I, I like I started podcasting the old fashioned way, you know, I was so yep. dug into that by the time um, I'd ever even heard of blog talk radio. So, you know, this part works for me, but, um, you know, like one thing, one thing I need to do, which is becoming more and more popular is video. Um, can you talk a little bit more to that? Like I'm trying to get to the point where you and I would actually be on, on video right now instead of just talking to each other. Of course, the original concept of a podcast is audio only, but you know, there's some ridiculous statistic like in five years, like 89% of the content posted on the internet is going to be video. 80% of content right now is consumed through video. Right now. Not even right in now. The future. 80% yeah. of content, 80% of content is, is consumed through video. Now audio has its place. I do suggest now I don't do video, but I do enough Facebook lives where people, people know. Yeah. You're supplementing, you know, you don't necessarily do need to do a video podcast in, in place of your audio podcast, but more right. Facebook. Yeah. Just like you said. So, um, right, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and with, uh, so I have a friend named Hani Mora and he has a company called repurpose and his software, mm-hmm. the website repurpose.io, uh, with the HTTP and all that in front of it, repurpose.io. What it does is it automatically takes your podcast audio from Apple or wherever your hosting platform is and moves it to YouTube automatically and creates an audiogram for you on YouTube. So you have your own YouTube channel. He does the same thing with Facebook lives, takes your Facebook lives and moves them to YouTube like automatically. It also takes, you know, social media to social media and you know, whatever it does a lot, but it takes your content and moves it to different platforms where you want it to automatically go. So when I go Facebook live, repurpose automatically will take that and put it on my YouTube channel automatically. Mm. So I'm, I'm doing video that way too. My podcast is found on YouTube, which is amazing. Yeah. How much does repurpose cost? You know, off the top of your head. It's like 200 a year. Yeah. It's like $200 a year or something like that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say a month. No. Okay. No. It was like a year. I mean, you'd, you'd have to check now. I bought it like a year ago. So, uh, yeah. And I haven't paid anything since that one time. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't even be a one-time payment. I'm 
no idea. Might be just a one-time payment. Huh. Uh, but it's like 200 and something. But it's so amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So, again, when I thought about creating my show, I said, how do I position it so that the, so that the masses will receive it and perceive it the same way that I want them to? And I decided to be, and I was like, oh, I got to podcast this and podcast this and your episode will be out in, you know, X amount of days or weeks or months or whatever uh, we're going to record. And, you know, and then you start and stop and whatever, like, I don't know, like, and, and then they got to post it and then they got to like, I don't do any of that. It's all literally real time. So we're on the show together and it's live and I'm posting on social media at the same time that, that we're on my show. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing my social media and doing my show at the same time. <laughs> Multitasking. That's awesome. Yep. That's it, man. And I advertise my show when I'm on my show, which is Tuesday through Friday. I do a live show Tuesday through Friday. And then what I do is as I go back and I repurpose those episodes into a three minute audiogram using headliner. So now I've I'm I'm repurposing the show into you know a, an audiogram that gets posted all over social, and that takes me with subtitles about ten to fifteen minutes. I can knock out a headliner video in about ten to fifteen minutes. Well, headliner is another like, software more, program. More like fifteen. It is. Yep, headliner.app. So you go to HTTPS and all the colons and all that, and then headliner.app. And you can actually have Headliner automatically create a video for you if you want them to. Uh, there's another one called Lumen5, L-U-M-E-N, the number five, Lumen5, and that creates a slideshow video of your podcast. So you can have pictures, you can have whatever you want in there. Um, you can you can act, actually create an advertisement video of the guest, just have the guest send in a bunch of pictures of them mm. and then string them together. And then you have like a minute video that you can use to promote the guest and your show and whatever else. So I used to use Lumen five, but now I use headliner and cool. what also Lumen five does is it takes your RSS feed and creates a video off of your RSS feed, which is super cool because it puts it in its own pictures and kind of creates their own video, couple minute video of what they think the show should be about, which is super cool. Uh, but these are again, advertising and repurposing platforms and, and ways to get your show out there, you know, and, and, you know, with 700,000 podcasts, you know, how many people are actually doing a headliner video? How many people are actually repurposing it to YouTube? How many people are actually doing something with their show that monetizes it and makes money? Right. Not too many, not yeah. too many. 1% maybe. It's gotten really busy. Yep. So you got to position yourself above the competition. Absolutely. Man. All right. A lot of golden nuggets there, Sean. I appreciate it. Um, fortunately, we're close to the end of our time here. Yep. I'll give you the last word. You've already spoke to you know those folks that are still in the military, maybe looking to start their own business. What kind of final advice would you have for somebody that's in the military, wants to get something going, entrepreneurial wise, online business, whatever, get it going before they get out. If you're in the military and you want to be an entrepreneur, start now. You can do it. I built the business in the middle of a desert. I was deployed and built the business. So, you know, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Schedule everything. Don't wait until you're a year out for retirement, which most people do, and then figure out what it is that you want to do. Just do it now. Start thinking about what you want to do now and then think about how you're going to do it. And then what's it going to look like when you're, when you're retired or you get out or whatever. 
for those who are already out, again, do it. Schedule everything. You can get a job on the outside of the military and be an entrepreneur because I've done it. (laughs) Right. So, so you just have to schedule everything. And if you're good at it and you're great at it and you're amazing, then do that. But if you're something that needs to get done that you're not great at, don't do it. Just pay for somebody to do it because it's going to come to you on the back end anyways. You're going to earn that money back, but you have to keep investing in your business and things that you're not good at. And that's another reason why businesses fail a lot is because they're trying to do it all themselves and it's taking more time and they want to save money. Spend the money, save your time and use that time to build your business. Yeah. You know, and the one thing that you hadn't specifically mentioned with paying other people to do a lot of chores in your business, what you're yep. really doing is building capacity. That's where it comes to you on the backside. Yep. If, if you rely totally on yourself, you only have so much capacity. If you're already paying other people, you can pay them more to do more, or you can throw in a second or a third person to keep doing the same thing. You've got the capacity at that point to expand. If you're doing it all yourself, you don't, ever, you won't ever be able to expand. hundred percent. It's awesome. Well, Hey, Sean, Great interview. Lots of golden nuggets. Good stuff, man. Um, look forward to your future success. Maybe we'll have you back on the show here in another year or so when you, when you, be, when you become that millionaire or that billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just do it, man. All right, John. All right, take care, man. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.